0: Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're gonna go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, G, U corner, halfback, flat, onto, ready, right.
1: Now here's your hosts, Danny
0: O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue
1: 42! Blue 42!
0: You ready for some hockey talk bump? Let's get it! The Seattle Kraken have a head coach! Dave Haxtell and I just said a moment ago there actually are some similarities between Pete Carroll and Dave Haxtell, but they're not they're not that close. But here they are. First off, both had tenures in the pros. They didn't work out so well. First time around for Pete Carroll with the New York Jets, not so good. Goes to the New England Patriots, better actual marginal success but they move on from him after three years he was over 500 or at 500 in all three of those seasons goes to USC for a long time hey guess what Haxtel was a coach for the Flyers didn't work out so well also was a coach at North Dakota for a long time where he turned that program back into a powerhouse like it always really has been from 2004 through 2015 so there are some similarities and there's also something else that we heard the guy likes fun
1: love guys with great energy that like to have fun. Um, you know, I, I love guys, uh, that, uh, that have a way of, uh, being themselves having a great personality, but still being able to have a touch of humility in everything that they do in in and around their teammates. And, uh, probably one of the biggest, I, do, I love selfless guys, like guys that want to do what's right for the, for, for the team and just, and really be part of that. You got to give up a little bit of yourself sometimes to be part of a great team. And, um I think you know I think those are some uh, some real important elements.
0: what do you think about a coach that's getting a second opportunity? what generally do you think are learned lessons wise because I, I would imagine you come from college to the pros and there are going to be some really difficult adjustments that you have to make in any sport whether it's college uh, football to The NFL or it's college basketball to the NBA, which we have really seen backfire a lot in the years past. What do you think is going to be the big difference for a guy going into his
1: second time coaching in the pros? You know, well, hopefully he learned from his mistakes. You know, hindsight should be twenty twenty. 20 I mean, I listen to almost every show we do, and I correct myself and beat myself up sometimes over, you know, some things I should have said or should have done. Hopefully that's what he did, you know, and, and he, he should have or he probably did relay that in the interview process. Like, look, these are the things I did in Philly that didn't work for me. These are the things I want to change. And now you listen to him talk. He sounds a bit like Pete Carroll when it comes to the personality of the football player. Now, what Pete Carroll's done a good job of with most of his guys, bringing some of that college and energy to the NFL. Now, as you get older, you got guys like Sherm, Thomas, who just kind of say, look, I'm done with that. I'm a professional. I'm done with your stories. Let's just play some football. But there are a lot of guys who gravitate towards that. So now it's up to the Kraken organization to at least surround him with the majority of the type of personalities he wants on his team Because that's the way he likes to coach. Those are the guys he connects with. Those are the guys that he wants. So now he can come to the table and say, look, this is what I didn't have in Philly. This is what I need here to make this thing go. Now that message stuck with the Kraken organization. And they said, look, all right, this is a guy we want to build around. Let's give him what he wants. So it's all about just learning from your mistakes, uh, identifying your mistakes, and not being too proud to be like, look, this is where I jacked it up. I'm just trying to get better. So, um, you know, hindsight, man, you've been here before. You get a, a clean sheet and see what he does. He has a proven track record when it comes to developing young
0: talent. It's the older guys, which are probably going to be a little bit more difficult for him. But given the way that the expansion draft works, I imagine that the Kraken are going to be going after largely younger players. Question two. Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chiefs tight end, said that 2020 was a failure. Kansas City since they didn't win the Super Bowl and he's right they're the defending champions and they lose in the Super Bowl you expect to repeat even if that is something that's been incredibly difficult to do over the past 20 years from the Seahawks perspective what would a failure in 2021 be Michael (sighs) Bumpus?
1: a failure would be an offense that isn't able to produce at least 26 27 points a game hmm um, a a defense that doesn't resemble what we saw at the end of the season last year, and now at least a trip to the NFC Championship game. I mean, you have to at least get there. But then, then again, at the end of the season, you got to see who's healthy, who's available, who's not available. Guys are going to be banged up. It's a, there's a lot of timing and luck that goes into all of this. But this team on paper right now, I think they're built to make a run at it. So you got to have an offense that's producing, a defense that's at least middle of the pack. And now just a chance to get to the NFC championship game. If they don't do that, then I think it would be a failure. Some people will call it a disappointment depending on how you look at it. Me as a player, if I were on the team, I would call it a failure because why do you play this game, Paul? To win the Super Bowl. To make a lot of money, of course, on the side. If you're not going to win the Super Bowl, make you some money. But you play to win a Super Bowl. Give yourself a chance to do that. And we haven't seen that in a very long time.
0: They got to the second round a couple of years ago. They played the Green Bay Packers, and they lost there. I think you got to get past that because I think there was an argument to be made that last year's team was better than the 2019 team. And yet there they were, even with that division title, out of the playoffs in the first round. So that's, of course, the thing that most people are going to look at. But I'm intrigued by what you brought up at the beginning of that answer, and it's where I wanted to drift into next. You said you would like to see the Seahawks get 26, 27 points a game. Whatever you want this coming season, say you don't end up able to get out of the second round of the playoffs and to the NFC Championship game again, the offense feeling like a much better, crisper, terrifying unit, that's big because, of course, it would make, I would imagine, Russell Wilson feel good about his future here better about his future here. Yeah. But also, I mean, let's be honest, that's what's going to carry them this season, much like it carried them, for the most part, until the end of last season.
1: You would think that, right? You would think that with the weapons brought in, you got Gerald Everett, see what Dwayne Askers does, returners in DK, Lockett, Carson, and good old number three. You you added on the, def- on the offensive line with Gabe Jackson. You got Damian Lewis coming in for a second year. Had a great rookie season. You still got the OG at left tackle. It's like look, if there is a unit to depend on right now, it probably is the offense. But I got to remind people, this is a new offensive coordinator. First timer. He's going to be up in the booth calling plays. He has to get adjusted to that. How quickly do, does everyone pick up this offense? I know right now it sounds good. It's, it's intricate. You know, it's it's exciting. It's explosive. Sophisticated. For, for sure. Sounds good. You're going against your guys. you are going <laughs> to let you live. You're going to win almost every play in practice because these guys love you and they want to take care of you. So it's all about when things get real. When you are strapped up and you're looking at a jersey that does not have blue, white, and green on it. Can you execute? Can you beat your guy? Can you guys get on the same page? I think they're going to be able to do that, but there's going to be times where the offense struggles. How quickly can they get out of that? I'm intrigued by that, too. Brock Huard and I talked about that yesterday in Blue
0: 42. And we have heard the Seahawks talk about trying to install tempo before, and the tempo hasn't really come. We're hearing all the right things. It's another thing to see it in action. And as you said, Bump, all those things with Shane Waldron, who is a first-time offensive coordinator, those are definitely going to be, I imagine, challenges not just for him but for the entirety of that offense, no matter how talented those players are. Question number three. So the Seahawks have the 11th most difficult schedule in the NFL in 2021. What does that mean for this coming season, Bump, especially compared to last year?
1: Uh, it means it means they have to do what you do every year, right? You take care of home, and you you at least split games on the road. If you can take care of home, do better than splitting games on the road, then you're going to be good to go. But I look at their schedule, man. They got the Titans coming into town week two. That defense is going to be tested off top. Can you tackle and can you keep guys in front of you with AJ Brown and Julio Jones? And then they go on the road. You got to go to Green Bay. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be there? I mean, are you going to be able to perform at Lambeau? Obviously, you go to the L.A. Rams every year. It's, um, it's just an interesting schedule. They're right kind of in the middle of the league when it comes to difficulty. They're going to play teams who can run the rock, who can throw the football. It's, it's just about consistency and being who you are. If this Shane Waldron offense is going to be an offense that uses a lot of personnel, a lot of shifting in motion, a lot of zone look. Okay, be that. Be that, And don't, don't fall away from that early. If it's not working out, you still got to fight through those tough times. And in defense, you know, if there is a week where you just can't tackle or you can't keep things in front of you, you know, how, how do you respond to that? Because this is the league, Paul. There, there are going to be weeks like that. There's only one team in the last I don't know how many years who had a chance at a perfect season, and even they lost to the Giants in the Super right. Bowl. You know what I mean? It's, this is the game. So take care home. Split the road. You'll give yourself a chance. I'm looking at the quarterbacks that are on this
0: schedule, and I think it's markedly different than last year. Because last year you played the AFC East. Yeah. So you got the best game that Cam Newton played all season. You played against Ryan Fitzpatrick. But you also, since you were going up against the AFC, and you went up against Josh Allen too, who killed you. But you also went up against Sam Darnold. You also went up against all of the quarterbacks in the NFC East who were not very good. And, I mean, shoot, you went up against Daniel Jones' backup. Still lost that game to the Giants. This year, bump. Carson Wentz, you play the first week of the year. Don't make fun of me, more Dooley.
1: I like him. I think he's good. I'm with you. Wentz is going to ball this year. I don't know why. I'm going to
0: save this audio for Wentz me to laugh ball at you guys this year. later.
1: <laughs> Just not week one. He's going to ball, though.
0: <laughs> Wentz in Indianapolis, I'm intrigued by at the very least. Ryan Tannehill with Julio Jones. I'm not a big Tannehill guy, but, I mean, now he's got A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Kirk Cousins... At the very least, he's average, though. Seattle always seems to have their way with him. Two games against healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. That, at the very least, is different than last year because you had mostly C.J. Beathard, and you also had mostly, what was the dude? uh, Nick Mullins, I believe, in the first game.
1: Paul, they're going to have one game against Jimmy. Only one? Lance is taking over. Oh, you think Lance is taking over? Yeah, he might He might be there by week four, honestly. By I, week four? Yeah. Wow. I, I really feel that.
0: But doesn't Jimmy have to be awful for that to happen?
1: It's that hard to imagine. Wow.
0: Well, he gets hurt a lot. So, it's not impossible to imagine, and it's not impossible to imagine him struggling, but I think if the whole team's healthy, man, I, I, I think they will be fine for the first couple of weeks of the season. I I think we got to remember, that team was undefeated until the Seahawks beat them in that wonky game back in 2019. They were really good to open the year, and they're going to be a lot healthier this season. So, whatever the case, Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, isn't that better than either of the two quarterbacks that you went up against last year with the, with the 49ers for the most part? Way more better. Okay. Way more better. Way more better. So, let's agree on that. Two games against Matt Stafford, two games against Kyler Murray. You might have Aaron Rodgers. You might have Deshaun Watson. We'll see. Watson might be back from, I would imagine, a long commissioner's list ex- uh, exemption sitting. And Aaron Rodgers, who knows? Again, we, we have no idea what's happening with him. Ben Roethlisberger, who might not be the same guy he used to be. I, I think he's got the most pressure on him in the NFL. And also Trevor Lawrence with nearly half a season under his belt. I think this season's schedule is a lot tougher than it was last year. Because you did not go up against very many difficult
1: quarterbacks last season.
0: I mean, shoot, one of your games against Kyler Murray, he was banged up. And you had two games against Jared Goff to throw on top of that, too.
1: Yeah, great points there. Great points there. Might see Justin Fields, too. I know Andy Dalton is the guy with the Bears. But I think by this time of the year, what is that, week 15, 16, something like that, Yeah, you might see Fields. You get to see Jared Goff again. That's a plus, right? get to see Jared Goff again, so we can chalk that up as a win. But you're right. The quarterback situation should be interesting when it comes up to uh, the opponents at the Hawks play. Um, I'm just excited, man. And it? Beautiful thing. Week by week, who's healthy? Who's executing? I love football for that. It is Danny and Gallant. That is Blue 42, which you can
0: hear every single day on this radio program at 8 o'clock.